Well, uh, hello, friends, and welcome to From Busy to Rich podcast with Wes Young. This podcast is designed to help advisors increase their profitability and your quality of life. We're halfway through a series called Practically Pretty, uh, 10 Truths to Make Your Business Beautiful. Uh, Wes, it's great to see you again. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. I feel like I'm being on a podcast with Joe Rogan because you have those fancy headphones on. Well, um, yeah, and uh, you are actually. He's here. Amazing. You know, it's it's fascinating. I love the example of Joe Rogan uh, and normalizing the new. Um, we're we're living in a time where a lot of new things are happening, uh, and you know, with this idea that we want to make our business beautiful, and we're trying to design this great life as biz, you know, as as, as business owners, uh, we're going to get really really practical today. Uh, and talking about sort of designing um, uh, a beautiful life. And I think what you mentioned, Rogan, how many people would love to have a business like that where it's like he just gets paid to talk to people, right? But there's all this research that goes behind it, right? There's all this work. And so today we're going to get really practical. We're going to get really practical and talk about um, how do you develop uh, a, a more beautiful life and a more beautiful business. So Wes, can you just kind of give us a quick summary if people are listening to this for the first time, and then we're going to dig into the heart of today's uh, episode. You bet. So if, you, if, you, if you're coming into this, you're coming in like halfway through a movie. And so it's really good to go back and listen to the other ones. This will make sense on its own. And so I don't want you to like tune out and go to those necessarily. But let me give you the kind of catch up, the cliff note versions of jumping into this episode. This is all about like, like there are areas of life you've observed and I've observed of people. That you would say, man, that is just, they're doing life well, whether that's, you know, personal, your personal fitness, your relationships that you have, the financial situation somebody has, the spiritual life or their professional life. They're bringing with this is a business for, I mean, a podcast for financial advisors um, that own, own their own business. And, and there's just some people you look at and you go, that's pretty, you know, that they, they are doing this, this job, this thing beautifully. Yeah. And what we've determined, because I'm a student of, of the human condition and, and really human conditioning, is I love to peel back to layers and say, what is allowing that to be possible? And having looked at thousands of advisor practices, um, there are some common denominators, some things that we would refer to as common truths, that when you discover them and apply them, it makes your your practice pretty. It really does. It makes your life better, makes you better at life. And and so we've kind of tipped this thing off by taking those from some consistently that we see across the board with many, many advisor mm-hmm. practices that are doing great, that you would you'd love to have a practice a lot like theirs and say, what are the consistent parts? And we are talking about over this, this, uh, this series. So the, we started off, and, and this is the whole premise of everything we do, but we decided to really pull it out this time is that practical teaching when discovered and applied will make our lives better and make us better at life and make your practice pretty. And so that that's really where where we go here, um, Andy. And like always, you, you you discussed this last time. The biggest deal, all of us kind of know this is this our biggest problem in the lack of information. You know, it, it isn't. It, it's it's really a lack of application. Uh, we right. we use the analogy of uh, you know un- unapplied truths like unapplied paint. It doesn't do anybody any good. And so if if you if you listen to a lot of stuff, and you should, that's. That's one of the keys to one of the what we're going to talk about today. Sure. You need to challenge your normal with new stuff. That's not a part of what you're doing right now, but boy, you got to apply it. And and so that that's that's where we have gone so far in our in our series today. 
So I was uh, actually doing some research recently for a talk that we were going to give talking about the, um, the developments in the study of neuroplasticity, which is a fancy way of saying your brain can change, right? Neurological changes, right? And plastic meaning, you know, it's malleable, right? And it's fascinating because in 2023, this theory that used to some Canadian, uh, uh, doctor had it many, many years ago, but now in 2023, they can do brain, they can, they can see your brain activity in such a way that you can see your brain changing physically. You can follow, you know, thoughts in a physical way. And I think what's, what we've, what, what, what they've learned through that study is that new things have a hard time finding a path, right? Like, Anytime you try to do something new, there is literally a beyond the physical resistance of I don't know how to do that. I'm trying to do it, learn it for the first time. But if it's an if it's a new idea, right? Uh, if it's a new way of speaking, uh, whatever it is, that your brain literally says like I don't know what to do with this. Like I, there, there's there's not a place for this, right? It's like driving off road versus driving on a highway. It's a lot more effort. Uh, so the, the what we're going to tackle today is how do you make normalizing the new like oh yeah we just do new stuff all the time how do you do that because we are built to resist the new we're we're built to do habitual things right so let's talk to us about that like how can you begin to make something that is by definition more difficult because our brains are built you know into habits right you don't think about brushing your teeth you just brush your teeth right How, how do you make that part of your dna that you go yeah i just do new stuff when i don't rest all the time yeah, so this is another core value in our organization that we talk about frequently in in our team meetings, but really all the time. It's it's built into our DNA is is this idea of normalize the new, and and and, and the way to think about this, and I'll I'll kind of give you the kind of rhymy version of it, and then and then break it down for you is that our greatest opportunities to recognize our future possibilities is not about abandoning our normal or rejecting new. It's about keeping a healthy tension between the two. And, and the way we think about this is, Andy, all of us have a normal. If we were to follow each other around and audit our lives, we have a normal way we go about making progress in all the areas of life we care about. Certainly in our business lives, because one of the things that a coach does in your business life is they audit, well, tell me what you're doing. What is your normal? What's the way you're going about creating success historically right now? Like what, what, is, what has led you to the current state you are? What are you doing every day? And this is everything from the technology, education, education training you engage with, the quality and quantity of your team, the narratives you use to move people from one place to another, the you know character you have, the presence that you are, how you show up in spaces. And then there's tons of categories. So we all have the normal. And all of us can have a new, which is a transformed way of doing all that same stuff. And in our observation, the best advisors in the world, the most elite advisors in the world that run in great practices where they are beautiful – have this capacity, this normalize the new where they understand something. Even if they don't say it this way, it's, it's how they live is their greatest opportunities to recognize their future possibilities. It's not about abandoning the normal. It's not also about rejecting new. It's about keeping tension between the two. And, and, and so the deal comes in with, and you mentioned how, how do you do that regularly? Like what's it even look like? And I think to understand what it looks like, you have to understand what gets in the way of it. And, and the biggest Two things. I mean, there may be more, Annie, but but in my opinion, the things that I see get in the way most are fear and fatigue. Fear and fatigue. 
and and, so, and, and, and they are the barriers, in my opinion, and, and, and many times subconscious. I don't think people are like, I'm afraid of this. It's rare that I even think they say that. I think it's a it's like a defense mechanism within them that keeps them out. I, I came across, I was listening to uh, Carl Richards. Uh, he has, and by the way, you, just a commercial for Carl Richards. If you're not a part of Behavior Gap Radio, he has a great subscription-based podcast. You ought to do it. He's got some great stuff in there. Um, but it, it, he, he talked about this quote from Upton Sinclair and, and, it, and the quote is this, and I'm going to kind of go through some angles of this. Cause I think this speaks to the fear for sure. Uh, even eats into the fatigue a little bit is it's difficult to get anyone to understand something. If their salary depends on them, not understanding. I'm going to say that again, and then I'm gonna give you some hybrids. It is difficult to get anyone to understand something if their salary depends on them not understanding it. And here's a, here's a hybrid of that that I think is is pretty, maybe even more true. Um, it's difficult to get anyone to understand something if they believe their salary depends on it. So it's not any then you have to like my salary depends on me right. rejecting this. I I just believe that even if I've not actually said it. And then maybe the bigger one, and then I, I think we all should jump in on this and kind of kind of talk it through. It's difficult to embrace something new if you believe your current way of life, your normal, depends on you not embracing it. I mean, this, I mean, I think that the, the challenge obviously is uh, you said defense mechanism. I was going to say survival. I mean, I think that shows up in defense, but it, it's. Fair. I mean, I, I like to sort of give people a break. Like, why are you acting that way? You know, uh, well, why are you why are you resistant to this? And as Upton Sinclair would say, it's it's difficult for you to take in information if it threatens your safety, like your 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 truth, your realities, right? Um, and it's fascinating how we we can do that. You could say, well, this is just true, and you're like, but if that's true, then it means this for me, right? Uh, and so let us hold on to a belief because I should say they, we hold on to beliefs. Uh, it's sort of the self protection, right? Or pride as well. I don't want to be wrong. So when we're talking about money though, like what does this look like on a practical level? Uh, maybe for your company or for the industry that people resist even researching or accepting or saying like that's coming because if it's true, it's going to affect how they make money. Yeah. Fear, which is, which is really where I think this goes and fear can manifest in so many ways. New ideas, just very plainly, they've never added to your bottom line. New ideas have never led to your, uh, your current level of success because by definition, they wouldn't be new. You know, something, something that's not a part of my operational assumptions, the way I, do things the way I speak, how I charge. You know, we we deal with a lot of people that have never charged for their advice, and they're like, "But what if they say no?" That's fear, and because it's yeah. that so far has not led them to their current level of success. And some of these people have had a lot of success; they're better better than average, right? And so it's like this thing that, yeah, I I mean, that'd be great, but I'm rejecting that, and because this is uncomfortable in my new, and I at least. Like as much as I want things to get better, I certainly don't want them to get worse. And what if I do this new thing and I go in the in, in the in a backwards direction? You know, one of the fascinating things when you offer someone something that you think is, well, one, it might just be inevitable, right? 
but there's something about the human condition that we create obstacles or we, we say, like if I say, hey, here's, here is a path for your company to charge for advice. Uh, and that, that, and you, that, that's, that's all you say. Hey, hey, I'm going to teach you how to charge for your advice. So you're not just meeting with people endlessly, hoping they buy a product. You're going to, you're going to charge for your advice. Yep. What's so fascinating is people could say, that's great. I want to do that. Let me learn how to do that. But most often what I hear is people say, and this is like 95% of the time. Well, does that mean, does that still mean I can, or, but what about it's, it's, it's saying like, Hey, look over there. There's a pot of gold. And they're like, well, is it dangerous? Like I, like they should just say, how do I get there? But instead there's something about our human condition that we were afraid to like, well, that sounds too good to be true. What about, but these are questions. These are obstacles that we sort of go, they put it in front of themselves and they say, well, I'm stuck. Like you just put that in front of yourself. That's why you're stuck. Right. You're like, no, but, but what about this? And, and again, you can answer those things. Maybe, you know, sometimes they're valid concerns, but it's an, it's a fascinating thing in the human condition. It's like, but if that's true, you're calling into question what I'm doing. How will I learn how to do this? It's just, I just find it fascinating that the human condition says, I'm afraid. So I'm going to put an obstacle in my way. Yeah. And you know, why, why we're on this specific topic of the fear around like charging you for your advice? Because again, a lot of the people tuning in, that's what they're trying to do, or they're trying to do that at a higher level. I'd love to hear about that from, from Cody and Justin, uh, because, you know, five years ago, neither one of those guys charged for their advice. They traditional, you know, we, we do a lot of work for free for the privilege of placing a product or for managing money. And not that mm-hmm. that's bad or wrong. They saw something though that was a different way. And I'm just curious, do you guys on, on all that? And you, you also now you've helped teach it. And so it's like, well, how do you guys interpret that fear when you see it? Um, and, and, and how would you just respond to that? Justin? Yeah. So I'll go first. The, I guess beauty before age in this instance. So we'll, we'll absolutely. The head. Funny as we're actually not just that. the hair. Just, yeah. you got hair. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about when new collides with need, right? Like had to make some adjustments there. Um, the, I guess a couple of things. Number one, it's amazing to me on piggybacking on any points of the human condition of what we can become comfortable with. Right. Like you can see people justify like where they are in the worst situations. It's like you literally are like standing in an ant pile and you just need to move three feet over. Like it's, it's not that difficult, but they'll be comfortable to a degree to the point of like whatever fear or concern that they have that they're going to miss out on if they move or just, this is what I'm used to and comfort is the enemy of progress. And so it's, even in this industry as an advisor, became comfortable with the what I had learned was the way to do business, right? Like you're constantly looking for new clients and you're doing all these things that you're not necessarily getting paid for in the hopes that you'll be able to replace your products and you'll be compensated that way. But that was the way that I was taught in the industry and the certain the particular company that I came up through. Like that was the mentality. Um but as funny as fatigue actually drove me to start looking for new, like fatigue actually became a driver the other way around. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Like, I don't, I don't want to constantly be chasing quantity. Like, I much more prefer the qualitative approach of like, how do I, right. do I start diving in deeper? Um, but 
the fear, the concerns around that is like you you just take your pick. You just start running down these these rabbit holes. Oh, well, I, I don't have time right now because I'm you know I'm driving towards these goals and I have all these things, I have these things in progress, and I got to go get this license. And you just start negotiating your way back out and stay comfortable where you are because of all the potential hurdles that you have to go to get where you want to go. Like yeah. your point, like they may be real barriers, but but are they like mountainous? Is it Mount Everest or is it really more like a Anyhow, you just got to get around, right? Like, you just got to get through this. Yeah. And again, I, I want to give credit where people like, yes, there are obstacles, but it's not, you know, the great news is if you put an obstacle in front of you, you can also move it, right? So it's a, it's a valid question, but it's not like, oh my God, you're right. You're right. You're, it'll never work. Never mind. You know, like that's not the answer, but we put things in front of us. So, Cody, what shifted in you to where, like, I mean, when you first heard of this, where you're like, Huh? You can do yeah. that? Or you're like, oh yeah, baby, let's yeah, I want to do that. What what yeah. was your reaction initially? Because you knew of, I assume, uh the other way. And then uh, where are you at today? Yeah, so first I'd like to share um, you know, Wes has a little it's like a cartoon card or, or something that he shares. I think it really sums this up. But it's this guy coming out of a tent with a sword, it's a warrior, and he's got a going to war. Uh, in the background and there's this other guy there and he's got two guys standing there and, he, and they're saying, Hey, you know, so-and-so wants to speak with you. And he's like, I don't have time to talk to a pesky salesman. I got a war to win. And the guy's selling a machine gun. So, <laughs> yeah, it's really, um, you know, I think, it, I mean, it says so much, but kind of like Justin in this business, you know, when I first started, it was, you know, uh, the way you were kind of trained and, and the people I was around, I mean, we're just grinding every day, you know, trying to get with as many people as you can get at the kitchen table, you know, play some, some term life insurance and do it all over again tomorrow, you know, and, and, um, I, I you know, I happen to be around some, some really good agents and, you know, 15, 20 years into the business, got a great practice field. And that's the thing about this business, so many different ways to, to have a, a great practice. So, um, but I knew that I didn't want to be grinding 20 years down the road. Not, not like they are today, almost, you know, like they're, they're starting out again. So I knew, yeah, but it don't happen overnight. Right. I mean, there's a lot to learn. Um, so you sure, got to sure. with, you got to do those things to keep going. Um, but, but you got to blend in new to learn, learn tax strategy, learn estate strategies or, or whatever the case may be, learn how to, to work with business owners to be able to get to, to, you know, uh, wherever, if you want to be fee-based planning, um, but that, you know, today you know, I still have some transactional clients, but I'm trying to convert most of those to, to fee-based planning and, and really play, you know, view myself as the product versus, uh, you know, life insurance or, or, you know, AUM or any of that. Yeah. Wes, let me ask you, um, you know, can you think of any examples, um, uh, I mean, even in innovation in the last 50 years or business of, Someone that was approached with, or someone even just invented something where someone was like, you can't do that. And they're like, oh, well, what if we could? And then they did it, right? Yeah. Or other, you know, opportunities where new came and because of fear or fatigue, someone said, no way. And they deeply regretted it. Yeah. Um, I think there's two real popular examples. One that's close to me is, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this company, Andy, it's a blockbuster video. <laughs> It's funny how nostalgic that is for me because I'm actually like, when you say it, I think of the store that I used to drive to 
right? Uh, and I remember like, if you got there at the wrong time, it's sort of like this mad dash, you yeah. know, and you've got the cover and then there, the movie was behind the cover and you'd always be like, ah. Oh, you're you old. Know? OG. OG blockbuster oh, yeah. when we did it that way. That's Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like a mad dash. Yeah, I was yeah. 15 and, and my job was to put the tapes on the shelves. That was that was what I did for yeah. minimum wage. Um, my dad, the reason I had that job um, was nepotism. My dad got me that job. and uh, That he, implies that you weren't qualified to put the uh, tapes back. So I, know, think, I, I would think say you. I was as qualified as most people putting the tapes on the shelves, even though I'm not done <laughs> it before. I was, well, I was got, not always the fastest learner. That one just, it's a low barrier to entry. It, I was say, books, so. What do you need to know? The alphabet. Okay. The alphabet. That's it. You're yeah. in. You're in. And, uh, and, and so, but I got the job and, uh, and, and my because dad, your dad was, was the operations director of a, a very large private franchise. You know, his bloodbuster was a publicly traded company. They had been like absorbed in at some point and were still a private franchise. But my dad, um, cause the owner didn't want to go. He said he actually sat on the board of the public side that would, you know, oh. they knew initiatives, making decisions. And, and he remembers, he'll tell these stories of both Netflix and Redbox when, before they were a thing, when they came to him and said, Hey, we got, here's, here's our vision. Here's what we think about. What we want to do. We'd love to like co-brand with you guys and, and let you be the face and the name. And my dad just kept talking about, you know, it was like they were so busy defending the normal. They were so busy defending the way they'd always done it. And they said, look, we're the giants in the industry. We're, 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 we're you know, we're the biggest game in town. We, we have best video stores out there. And, and they, they rejected it. They did. And, and he said, him and, so him and one other guy now are, are the people that were like, yeah, this is a good idea. We should do it. And then I remember him telling me when things were still thriving there that, hey, we've got a very short lifespan on this. He said, I don't know how long it's going to last, but eventually nobody's going to want to go to a video store. And Sure enough, you know, you'd look today and, you know, I'd like, I think, what is it? Unless you go to like New Zealand, you, you don't get to see a blockbuster video. Anymore. There's one in Oregon. I think there's one in Oregon. Oregon. And essentially it's a tourist attraction. That's right. right. You know, uh, but, you know, you look at a company that had 9,000 locations, over 60,000 employees yeah. in the year 2000, you know, uh, it, was, it was iconic in culture. Right. And uh, to some degree, I understand where they said, because listen, it's easy to think about Netflix today because, you know, you have an internet speed, virtually everyone has an internet speed that you can turn on your television and get streaming. But then it was just, they didn't think why, what, what they thought was, why would someone wait for something to come in the mail Yeah, when they can just come to one of our stores, which by the way, you know, we make a lot of money at those stores, right? Yeah. And, and so they didn't, they didn't see it as a threat. They also didn't uh, want to do the new work because at that point, Netflix was not profitable. Netflix did not come yeah. and say, listen, we're making $10 billion, you know, da, da, da. Uh, so to some degree, it, it made sense, but only if you weren't looking forward yeah. enough to see like, no, like the next year after that, then like the number one or two Christmas gift that year was a DVD player. I remember when DVD players came out, they cost like a thousand dollars. Yeah. And now, the, and then it came down after probably three or four years down to like $100. And so people would start to, you know, normalize them. You know, I remember the switch from VHS to DVD. And that's where Netflix founders, they sent each other a DVD in the mail and said it worked. Like it got there fast enough. It didn't break. Let's do DVDs and start to shift away from VHS because VHS tapes were too yeah. easily breakable. Right. Uh, and so that was, that was a shift. So again, it, it made sense. And it, like that, you want us to do a new machine. If you will, 
and I no money's coming out of it yet. Right. Uh, but it so it's understandable to some degree, but also I think that uh, it really relates to people who are charging for their advice because they're like, listen, I've never gotten a dollar out of that machine, but this machine over here is giving me money. Well, listen, and you want to it, you want to do another machine? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. And in, in our world, you know, that's the deal, right? So everybody could that's that's on here at one point that is charging fees today was not at some point for their advice. And fees weren't adding it all to the bottom line. They weren't contributing to what historically had fed your family and done the good for the people you were you were serving. And so it was like, do I do I stop? Do I slow down? To to because new there's it's Fatigue's a real deal with this too. Like new requires a different yeah. kind of energy. I can I can do a lot of things with muscle memory that you know just just don't really. The first time you go to the gym yeah. and, and you do curls with whatever size weight and it was hard, you keep going to the gym and after a while it just it just not as hard. It doesn't fatigue you as yeah. much, but it took time to to get there. And that new ideas are like that. It's like remodeling a house where you're trying to live in it. It's a while before it becomes comfortable to live in. Mm-hmm. So. So I look at it like this, Andy. I, I think I think that the, the alarm bells. Just if we can summarize that piece. Beware of fear and fatigue from from stopping you from having a diet of new. Because if I if I had to think of an application for this, like it, so, this is like oh, we've talked a lot about ideas. People are listening; and they get that. All right, I need to normalize new. Well, how do you practically do that? What does that actually boots on the ground look like every single day? And and I really, I, I mean, honestly, I think it comes down to some basic things. It's it's to challenge your normal with new in a healthy way regularly. You've got to protect time and you have to understand the compound effect. Uh, hmm. Protecting time means literally on the calendar, protecting time. And I'm give you some distinctions that they can even work with this. Um, because like when you're engaging in the diet of new, meaning you used to never eat broccoli. Now broccoli is always on the plate every day. And you never ate a vegetable. Now vegetables on the plate every day because you want to absorb that into the rhythm of your health. Well, news a lot like that. Um, and so, so the, like the compound effect, think of that. Going back to the gym example, if I go to the gym one time a year for eight hours, that really has no positive impact on me, right? It, it, it doesn't because one single installment, it, it's just probably very little to no value. But if I go every day, five days a week for 30 minutes, and a year passes, I will experience the cumulative value of those mm-hmm. small investments of time over time. And so new is like that. Like you've got, you fill up your day already with your normal, but I just, I, you got to have a disciplined diet, daily diet of new. And the four things, the four things, and this is, this is kind of the takeaways here that you got to have is, is you, you've got to have ideation. You have to have resolution, orchestration, and execution. So, so think about this ideation. It's what you're doing right now, listening to this podcast. You, you are, you are being challenged with new ideas or, or that things that are not yet a part of your normal. So you're choosing to do that. You don't have to do that. You can just put your head down and run in the things you've already got. So you, people listening to the podcast, you already get that. It could be a class that you take. You go to, you go to westshowinglive.com and join our transform community that we teach uh, a couple times a year and we record all the sessions. That's, that's that you are registering for that right now. Um, it, it could be a book you read. It could be a community you belong to n- numerous things, you know, sermon series, whatever it is you listen to things that will give you ideas. And, and here's what I recommend. You keep a parking lot of ideas and it doesn't mean you're going to do them. 
Okay. It just means you're capturing them because a lot of times we don't even capture them that with the first phase of normalizing news, you got to ideate, but then you got to do something. You got to come back to those mm-hmm. ideas because Annie, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Oftentimes we need to be reminded more than we need to be instructed. Mm-hmm. And, and if you aren't having something that you go, oh yeah, I was going to do that thing here, here it's on the list. <laughs> yeah. So you got ideation, then resolution. And resolution is like, think of a new year's resolution, right? It's a decision yeah. to do or not to yep. do something, but it needs to be all the time, not just once a year. And so you're going to decide of those 150 ideas you have in your parking lot, what one or two do you think, do you believe in light of what your what and why are, your win? We talked about that last time. What do you, what do you believe is going to move the needle the most in the direction you ultimately want to go? Mm. You got to pick because you can't do everything. It's like the buffet. They're all good. I'm going to be full though after I can only eat so much. And so, um, and then, and then you get orchestration, which is once you've decided on those one or two, how are you going to pull it off? Like, where does it actually fit on your calendar? If you're switching CRM systems, where does that actually show up every day or every week on your calendar where you're giving time and attention? If you're learning a new talk or learning a new way to, to speak about taxes or you were getting more educated, when are you actually showing up and doing that work? Yeah. Um, and the last thing I would say, and, and it's that execution is you got to monitor how well you do it. Like every week, am I, if I, if I have these great plans, I have these great intentions, but direction, not intention determines my destination. And, and so if I, if I'm doing this, where am I regularly checking in to actually keep in score to say, is what I'm doing working? And am I really doing what I said I was going to do in the first place? Love it. That's really practical. I appreciate that. And again, these are things you have to do to get beyond the fear. Right. I mean, there, it's otherwise, you know, how many times have you said, I'm going to do that? You know, uh, and then, you know, it doesn't happen. And I would submit that the number one way that I know that something is going to be done for me personally is do I stop and put it on my calendar? Yeah. You know, I'm currently on jury duty. I'm almost done. Like I have like two more months of it. It's crazy how they do it here. You're on jury duty for six months, eligible to be called any day. Right. But I have a reminder set in my phone. I set a reminder one time and said, you know, every day at five o'clock until July 1st, you know, send me this reminder. And you guess how many times I've forgotten? Zero. Because I set it on my calendar, right? So I would submit, if you say something's important and then you don't put it on your calendar or set a reminder, uh, it, you're lying. <laughs> it's not that important. Uh, so... Those, your, your calendar can help you get past fear and fatigue because you go, well, my calendar said I have to do this today, so I'm going to do it. Uh, so again, that's making a decision. So later on, you don't have to make any more decisions. You've already made the decision. You're not going to negotiate. Um, so we're going to keep moving forward, uh, trying to help you, the listener, uh, make your practice pretty, right? Make, make it beautiful. Make it something that you're really proud of. Uh, and again, we hope you're encouraged by this information because uh, you know, new is important. New needs to continue to happen, but there's something inside of our wiring that helps us resist the new instead of embrace the new. And what I think is fascinating is that you can train yourself to embrace difficult things, which sounds sort of counterintuitive. Like, well, no, it's difficult. No, you can train yourself that when difficulty comes, you say, oh, that's good versus what you used to say, oh, that's bad. Uh, so we want to be that resource for you. Uh, so again, we thank you for listening and encourage you to stop and leave a review either on Spotify. You can leave stars or on Apple. Uh, you can leave us a, a written review. We really appreciate that. It helps other people find the show. Uh, and as always, uh, gentlemen, thanks for taking time to join us today. 